Well, Bears fans, it all comes down to this. Chicago marches into Lambeau Field this Sunday at 325, the exact same time slot they had in week one with an attempt to right the deepest wrong so far of the season. What's going to happen in this matchup? What matters coming into the game? Does it? Do we care about what happened in Atlanta? We'll talk about everything top to bottom on this episode of Bear With Us. What's going on, everybody? My name is Robert Schmitz. Welcome back to the Best Bears podcast on the internet. Bear with us, a Chicago Bears obsessed show with myself, editor-in-chief of DeBears blog, and my co-host, Nick Whalen of Football Guys. And oh my goodness, Nick, it's the season finale. It's the last show. Well, it's not the last show of the season. We're going to do more in the offseason, but it's the last, like, on-topic preview show of the season. How are you feeling? I am a buzz. Yeah, it it's very exciting because of winning all these games and with Will Flus keep his job. I think we're pretty sure Poles is keeping his job. What's gonna happen with Justin? Like, I mean, it could go so many ways. Like, if you dominate Green Bay, I think everybody's coming back. If you get blown out, they might take everyone out of the house. Like it really comes down to this game. It's so, so funny, if a little messy. And I mean, what's crazy to me, Nick, is so obviously Justin Fields has one of the best games of the season. We talked about this on the post-game pod. I talked about it on stream last night. Like Justin Fields had a phenomenal football game, and that is awesome coming into this game against Green Bay. But it is so funny to me, if you're seeing the same game I am, Nick, where as cool as all that is, like Green Bay actually represents a pretty perfect test for both Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields because Joe Barry's defense offers a lot of opportunities to throw on them, but their defensive line means that you're going to have to throw on time and relatively quickly because with Rashad Gary, Preston Smith, um, obviously the litany of first rounders they have like Devontae Wyatt, Lucas Van Ness, and others. I didn't even mention Kenny Clark's name yet. The Bears offensive line is just going to have their hands full. And mm-hmm. this is the wrong game to ask Lucas Patrick to just win his matchups, right? This is the wrong game to ask Nate Davis, who's really been pretty poor all season long, to just step up for you. You kind of need your quarterback to lead you from the front against a defense that obviously Carolina was able to throw pretty well on. And so if Car- you hope to yourself, I know this isn't fair, Nick. I really do. I promise I know it isn't fair. But if Carolina can, like I understand the Vikings couldn't, but this is a huge game to get leadership out of your quarterback, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's the, the thing is, is, is Green Bay, I mean, you know, people have been, I mean, we'll talk about Jordan Love, I'm sure. I mean, they've been hot, right? They've won, let's see here, one, two, six of their last nine games. And Chicago's been hot. So that's the other part, too, is it's like, mm-hmm. which team is, you know, in quotes, for real? And right. You know, I heard I heard Jalen Johnson on uh, the score as I was driving home from work and they were talking about, well, like, do you have anything to play for? You know, and he's like, well, I think there's only a couple people in this locker room that have beaten Green Bay, like like beating Green Bay. That's something you want to do. Knocking oh, them yeah. out of the playoffs. That's something you want to do. And also you want to save your coach, other guys jobs like this is going to be exciting because you have two teams that are like rising and it's yes. going to be the king of the mountain. It's the exclamation point on mm-hmm. a very important season for a lot of people in this Bears organization, but it could go either way. And by the way, 
want to take a quick moment to go ahead and just give a round of applause. Congratulations, Jalen Johnson, who earned his first Pro Bowl of his career. You earned it. You really did. Phenomenal season this year. And then Montez Sweat, who also earned his, I don't know if it's his first Pro Bowl, though it wouldn't surprise me. But I'll tell you what, Nick, I'm just saying, this is going to sound so homery, but I really do believe it. Montez Sweat doesn't make the Pro Bowl if he has the same sack total in Washington. I think anyways, like there's much more popular edges, but you come to Chicago like that one third fan vote. Oh, you're going to get plenty of those. And from what Brad Biggs was saying, it sounds like he did. Yeah, I just Googled and this is his first. Well, he says 2023 Pro Bowl. So does that mean last year's Pro Bowl? That has to mean this year because it's like the 2023 season. Let me look this up. But all the same. Exciting to see yeah, the yeah, Bears. First, first time. It's this year. Yep. We love going from zero pro bowlers to two, two pro bowlers. Green Bay has zero pro bowlers, which is not a finger wag. Um, in this case, it's more to say that when you start to stack pro bowlers, and ideally you keep them. Let's go ahead and pay Jalen Johnson if we get the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it, it helps your roster maintain that stability that we've talked about. But anyways, I know we were breaking down the matchups and what this means for the organization. You got any more yeah. on that? Yeah. So there's there's this one thing. I think, I mean, because, I mean, I put together a humongous Justin Fields post, and I'm sure that you've been doing tons of Justin Fields posts. And like, you know, Fields versus Caleb versus May. And, you know, there's one thing, Robert, we haven't even talked about for weeks with Justin Fields. What is it? And, you know, there's been the elements, you know, and Cleveland's defense has been solid. But I still see him playing with a rap. On his thumb. On his thumb? And so it's taped up. I mean, you wouldn't tape it up if it wasn't an issue. And I remember we thought he was done maybe for the year and he came back. Yeah. I can't, I don't know that, what's that thumb at? Is that thumb at 50%? Is it at 80%? Like, I'm not even sure what that, I mean, is that affecting throws? Like, that's something that we don't really know. But if it's taped up, it's not 100%. You have to think so, right? I mean, maybe he just got more comfortable with it at this point, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I doubt that. Like, you're not normally taping something up just for fun, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Richard Hamilton did it, right? Remember with the the mask? I guess he did. I guess he did. Going all the way back there. (laughs) Old school one there, yeah. So so that that was just one thing I think to think Mm -hmm. about and add into this for for all the fans. But um, there's also, you know, I, I know I know this is you know the preview show, you know. And I know Green Bay's the, the, you know, the big bad wolf, you know. But one of the things, I'm going to take you all the way back, Robert. Take me. And this is what got you pumped up. This is what made you believe we could beat Detroit, if you remember this. The rest advantage? The rest advantage. So, last week, Green Bay played at Minnesota the night game, Sunday Mm -hmm. night game. Chicago played at home at noon. Yep. That's a half a day rest. At least more. I know this. I know it's at Green Bay, so there's a there's I mean, just some give an and hour, take. two hour drive. There, <laughs> there's a there's a rest advantage overall, and I'll and when we talk about injury reports, there's there's a big difference in injury reports too. I remember I was talking to a beat writer uh, when I went up to the combine, which is awesome, and I hope to get the chance to do it again, right? But so I remember I was talking to him, and he mentioned that against Indianapolis, against Green Bay, and against plenty of these other spots, like the beat drives from Chicago 
to the other stadium because it's like an hour or two. And I mean, for those who aren't familiar with myself, I live in Dallas, Texas. You can't go nearly anywhere without it being a one and a half to two hour drive. And you're definitely not leaving the state. So thinking about how close all those areas are uh, together always blows my mind, Nick, where I'm like, you can get Mm -hmm. to Green Bay, Wisconsin in like two hours. Like Green Bay people could just day trip to Chicago, man. Ain't that the life? Like you can't do any of that in Texas. Yeah, in Green Bay. I mean, have you ever been there or no? No. Why would I go there? Well, I mean, I, I've been there to one game. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it's awesome. No, I've been there to one game, and and it was uh, Christmas Day. I believe it was 2000 and Whoa. five, and Chicago won. That was you know the the Lovey era. Yeah, they did. One. Yeah, they but, did. Um, but th- th- there's like hardly any like it's not a big city. It's like a residential thing. It's like the most weird thing. Like you're just driving around. Then there's a stadium. It's, huh. it's not like Chicago or I'm sure Dallas. There's all these skyscrapers. It's just right. like it's like a suburban town. Oh, and then funny. there's a stadium. Sounds like Phoenix, though. Phoenix is kind of a little different because in the desert, they for some reason just love these two story buildings. And speaking of two story buildings, this is a terrible segue. Um we need more reviews on our podcasting platforms, y'all. So if you're listening to the show, first of all, thank you so much. The support Nick and I have received on Bear With Us this season has been phenomenal. The fact mm-hmm. that we're able to push two or 3,000 downloads combining YouTube and the podcast listeners has been really something special. And thank you guys so much. We want to see if we can't push this show a little more. The carrot on the stick for you guys is if Nick and I are able to push this show to the point where we get the the general hallmark is about 10,000 downloads an episode, Nick and I plan to try to make enough money to justify doing a third podcast every week. Now, that would be more next season, because Nick, I don't want to waterlog you in the off season, depending on what we got going on. But I love prospects, though. It's, it's more to say that what we need for y'all to do, besides just telling your friends, is go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, leave us a five-star review. Right now we're at 4.6 stars on Apple. To use an example, Hogan Johns is up at 4.8, and we love Hogan Johns. They're great. Let's just friendly competition with them as much as we can, just for the at least the star rating, right? Mm-hmm, but thank mm-hmm. you guys so much. Obviously, honest feedback is always helpful, but I did want to just at least pitch the help us Thank you so much. And now back to your regularly scheduled preview podcast, because Nick, what's so funny is that normally you and I combine like a review of the last game and a preview of the next game, but I cannot get the Packers out of my head. Like it's Wednesday night when we're recording this and I sit here thinking, okay, the Atlanta game, a lot of things worked. Atlanta hit some shots that we kind of got lucky that Kyle Pitts didn't compete for a couple balls, that Tyler Heineke was relatively inaccurate on other throws, Justin Fields balls cut through the wind and all of that is great. But the moment that you face, not Detroit, not Minnesota, but a team that the Bears haven't beaten in five years a team that the Bears are 4-24 and 24 in their last 28 meetings against. Like, to me, Nick, all that goes out the window. And yep. it's part of why I'm so obsessed. I, look, there's still a sick part of me that wishes that Flus had to prove something. But I do feel like the rally that we've seen here in the late season, he's proven it, right? Like, let's start with Flus. Right. Do oh, you well, really well, think he's got anything on the line? I mean, I, I think he does, though. I'm because- asking honestly. Yeah, I'm, I honestly do. Because if you get blown out 
Then the narrative is, well, you beat up on what Taylor Heineke and Carolina and all these crappy teams and one good win against Jared Goff in the, in the lions, but everyone else was just not that great of a team. Like that's what the narrative is going to be. Right. But you come out and you kick the Packers, butt in green Bay and stop them from getting to the playoffs. That that's just going to ride with you. I mean, there's, there's no way he can get fired. And the other part of that, Robert is this last off season. We got really hyped bears fans. We did, you know, and and week one was deflating. Can you imagine what it would be like to knock the Packers out of the playoffs, knock the momentum of Jordan Love as the next Hall of Famer that they have, <laughs> get the momentum going of we have the first overall pick, and you know if Justin stays, which I assume if they pull them out, he will stay. I would be and, blown and, and, away. I would be blown away as the guy on this show who's offered more of the anti-field side of this, if Justin Fields wins. Now, you mentioned blows out. Let's be realistic here, Nick. All right, yeah. so I'm going to start with a step. I, I can't believe this, but somehow I'm going to manage to pivot being positive about Justin Fields staying into something not so great about Justin Fields. But so if you take a look at Justin Fields' splits, I know that there's a lot of people claiming that there's a narrative out there about Justin Fields' fourth quarter passing. But if you go to Pro Football Reference, you type in Justin Fields' stats, you go to the splits section, and you take a look at 2023. Nick, have you done this before? You don't have to do this live. I'm going to do it right now. So uh, I'm going to actually have you guess. If you wanted to guess, what is Justin Fields' first half quarterback rating? Uh, All season? Uh, all season, 2023, first half. Um, it is 106. It is close. It's 99.8. Quite Oof. good, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we've got, or what is this? We've got an av- er- average yards per attempt of like 8.10, and which obviously they didn't factor in the like air net or adjusted net yards per attempt, but that's a really good figure. So we've got a 99.8 in the first half. Would you like to guess his second half quarterback rating? Um, it is 81. It's a 71. As a matter of fact, it, mm-hmm. would you like to guess his fourth quarter quarterback rating? No, I don't want to guess. It's a 52. Would you like to guess his quarterback rating when he's trailing by with less than four minutes to go? No, it's a 22 less than two wow. minutes ago. It drops to 19.2. So I understand that those are just quarterback rating. I'm really trying to speed this along. I could rattle off a bunch of stats, but it'd be too painful for any of us to listen to. The point that I'm trying to make, Nick, is that over these last seven weeks, the Bears have functionally obliterated every team that they've faced, and they've mm-hmm. entered the fourth quarter unilaterally with a two-score lead. The whole yep. reason we're frustrated about the two losses that happened is because they felt like historic collapses because yep. the Bears had the edge and then they lost it. And part of why I think this is such a good test for Justin Fields is I do not buy that they will blow this Packers team out. I think this Packers team is just a little too good and matches up with them a little too well. And I think Justin Fields is going to have to throw in the fourth. Good. Like, let's see it. Fourth or yeah. games in the NFL are won and lost in the fourth quarter, unless apparently you play the last seven games that the Bears have. And so I can't help but think that a game where Justin Fields succeeds in the fourth quarter and wins in Lambeau, come hell or high water, any way it comes, whether that is 13 to 10 
or 33 to 30, that that is a huge statement for him staying in Chicago. And I would be blown away if George McCaskey, Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, or anybody in the Bears front office even attempted to move off Justin Fields if he did that. So here's what bothers me about about the stats. Is I'm going to put an asterisk. And I think that almost every Bears fan is going to be like, yep. Because when we cite quarterback rating, what's the number one negative factor with the quarterback rating? Interceptions. Interceptions. And we know what happened in the Cleveland game. Two interceptions on two Hail Marys. One was an incomplete pass that was not graded an incomplete pass, was not reviewed, wasn't corrected during the week at halftime. And then the one that at the end of the game, which, I mean, whatever it is, what it is, could have been caught. But like most times those are incomplete. Those two actually, in my opinion, don't really matter. It's not like a bad read. It's you just throw up and whatever happens, happens. That is his second interception, Robert. Since the Denver game, or if you take those out, he's totally. only at two. He had one in Arizona and one against Minnesota, that bad game that he got hurt. Since he came back from the injury, the Arizona one is the only one. I would say that's an actual real interception. But I, I, I say that I made that post, I mean, a while ago after the late hit at the halftime and then the two interceptions. And people are like, well, it doesn't really matter. It matters because this is the stuff that's going to get brought up quarterback rating do you keep him do you not because of this stat, oh, stat, sure. stat, stat. those two honestly aren't even valuable interceptions no and, and, and here we are we're going to be using it because i think those are just crap so the main thing that i was trying to point out it's funny you say that like because the interceptions were charged obviously one in each half right and yep. yeah one one of them ends up in the fourth quarter one of them ends up in the second quarter so i'm right there with you but more than more what i'm looking at is the drop off right like well, i, I could have i'm just saying in general oh i know i'm more saying that what i think is at least really unusual because to be honest with you nick i actually expected but really did to not see such strong numerical evidence that this whole fourth quarter passing thing actually has backing Right. It's one of those things that you kind of you kind of think there's some eye test to it. But especially lately, the Bears have been up so much in the third and fourth quarter that if you wanted to make an argument that it's Getsy's predictable play calling, I really won't stop you. Like, I'm not going to step in and defend it and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't we think that we're doing a little bit too much justifying here because they do take off the throttle they have in almost all yeah. of these games. It yeah. just, you know, it doesn't burn them except for when it does. Right. <laughs> well, well, here's a question for you. I mean, also the interceptions. And I'm just going back in my mind. So the Arizona one was fourth quarter, right? That one, that touchdown shot to Herbert. The one to Cleveland was the last play of the game. That was fourth quarter. The Minnesota one, and, the, and then the other one was the first half Hail Mary. The Minnesota one was third quarter because that's when he exited, I think, off the top of my head. And then you have the, the beginning of the first four games, he had five picks. Green Bay won. Fourth quarter, Quay Walker, pick six, that one. Tampa, he had two, both of them fourth quarter. Remember the one Chase Claypool didn't fight for it on the dig, and then the other one right. was the pick six on the screen. And then there's the Kansas City and Denver one. Do you remember when those were in the game? Were they all? Uh, so the Green Bay one was the third quarter. The, oh, third, okay. The, the Claypool one was like the very end of the game. The pick six and the Claypool were both fourth quarter. Um, and then... Did, did you say he threw one in Kansas City? I think that one was yeah, like... Yeah, one in Kansas City, one in Denver. The Kansas City one was either the second... The Kansas City one was the second quarter. And if okay. it wasn't, it was the third. Because 
the those games were i remember charting like the moment the game ended in all of them and it wasn't the fourth and the interception was generally my marker for this game is over and so well, how about how about denver though denver were, oh. was the fourth quarter but okay. that was also a trailing within one score scenario that obviously you have to charge it right because yeah, i get yeah. where you're coming from where it's like is the front of the season killing these numbers well it's yep. killing the second half numbers that much is for sure yep. but at the same time I, I don't know it gets so screwy right Fields has done a remarkable job over the last couple weeks of avoiding negative plays. The positive plays haven't pushed the ceiling, so to speak. But when Fields does make a positive play, man, it looks so good. Like when Mm -hmm. his football is cutting through the air on these slot fades that he throws, the ball to Tyler Scott, both of them, that Tyler didn't come down with. Like one of them being easier than the other, the one along the line in the end zone. Like we got to catch that man. The one over the shoulder, it would have been a really hard catch, but you know, some receivers make it like oh, DJ Moore catches that. Well, DJ Moore is just that dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like who, who talk about motivated. Did you see his Twitter post? Uh, which one specifically the one where he, you know, did the Joker thing or like yeah. a different one. Yes, the Joker one. Oh, yeah, 100%. But also, I do think that the NFL is wilding that they get three defensive ends, three outside linebackers, and only four wide receivers in modern football. Like, this is actually not me trying to stand for DJ Moore over any of the very valid Pro Bowl wide receivers that made the list. I'm trying to say fifth place should probably be a Pro Bowler in modern football just based on the way that this, like, the way the game has turned. You know what I'm saying? Like he's seventh in the NFL in receiving yards. Seventh. But would you take Puka Nakua's Pro Bowl away from him? I mean, here's the other part that I I I made a post about this. I think this is insane. Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers has 17 more yards than DJ Moore on 29 less targets. To me, targets matter. Targets are opportunities. So you have Puka has 24 more aj brown has 27 more cd lamb has 38 more opportunities like these are all more opportunities for you to catch the ball score touchdowns etc and i feel like that has to be factored in i feel like it should be factored in but i don't know man i really don't i don't i I wish i could be the bears fan that got big and angry and oh yeah no dj should have been a pro bowler i want dj to get an award i think he deserves an award for an amazing season that he's had i just can't take the award off of any of these other guys because like you're talking about you could make a yards per target argument for some of them but for others the fact that they did get open that many times is really valuable it just like amon ross st brown that guy's had an outstanding season he doesn't yep. end up in the pro bowl like it's it's a tough award for a lot of these guys yeah. but Here's a question, just pivoting all the way back, right? The Bears defense has been playing well lately. I don't know if you saw what I saw in the All-22, but would you believe me, Nick, if I told you the Bears have stopped doing a lot of the pressure stuff that they were doing? It's like they had the Browns game where the Justin Jones thing worked against them, and it's as if Matt Eberflus, dare I say it, has gotten a little scared of what can happen when he blitzes too much. And that that actually worries me because mm-hmm. the just drop seven into zone thing is awesome. But we did this once against Green Bay. <laughs> that yep. team finds a way, man. I know. And that's the thing is, I mean, when we look into their team, I mean, Jordan Love is playing very well. Very well. Right now down the stretch. And their receivers, 
I mean, they have a lot of them. They're young. They are talented. They're playing well. So, like, to me, they're going to find a spot. They're going to find areas to throw the ball. And I feel like we're going to need pressure. You know, one of the best matchups of this game mm-hmm. is going to be, I would argue, the Packers' best offensive lineman, Zach Tom, the right tackle, who's young. Is he their versus, best offensive lineman now? Dang. I would guess so. I mean, when I look at PFF here, let's look here. That freaks PFF, me out. He's ranked the 14th best tackle, and Jenkins is 29th. Does that put uh, Does that put uh, Braxton ahead of him? Uh, I'll have to look that up. But his matchup will be against Montez Sweat. Right. And- which, which, I mean, obviously, Pro Bowl, we talked about this, like just phenomenal. Zach, Tom, Mock, draftable. You know, if you know me, you know what I'm looking for. Okay, so Montez Sweat handily outreaches Zach Tom, which will make things interesting. Because I thought, I personally thought Sweat had a much better game against Caleb McGarry than meets the eye, but footing was so bad in oh, Chicago bad. on that day that there was no turning the edge. Like, you, you weren't doing it. And Montez mm-hmm. still did it at one point. But so, like you're saying, we're going to have to see what happens there. I want to give some massive kudos to these Packers receivers. I know that's not what a lot of Bears fans want to hear on this podcast, but I mean, I thought they would take a much longer time to get the rookies online. Like to me, that was my whole thesis for why I thought Jordan Love was going to have a tough year was because it was going to take time for these rookie wide receivers to find their footing. It took them six weeks, man. I thought it'd take at least 11 like, I yep. really did. Like, right now, you've got Tucker Craft well over 350 yards. Jaden Reed is well over 650 yards. Like, they've got Packers fans wonder, or like, not worried about what Romeo Dobbs' contribution is going to be. And we haven't even mentioned Dontavion Wicks, Samaji Torre. Like, it's not as if all these guys are mega dogs. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you've kind of hinted at this before, Nick. Matt LaFleur does such a phenomenal job of scheming guys into space and helping coach the details of what these receivers need to do. How are you playing your leverage? How are you running your routes? Like, faint this so that you can do this and create this space. And it's a much more refined version of the same passing attack that gave the Bears fits early in the year. So it's a benchmark growth point for both clubs. And I mean, like, it gives me hives thinking about it because... Nick, I I want a game where we can walk into the Packers game and very rationally convince ourselves that this thing's going to be open and shut, right? And and that's not what I see. I don't see it open shut the other way either. Like, what is this? Tyreek Stevenson is playing great ball right now. Kyler Gordon is playing great ball right now. The linebackers are worlds better than they were when they originally took on Green Bay. And I think that's a massive, massive difference. Not to Mm -hmm. mention Jalen Johnson, but unfortunately for us, the whole, uh, take me through the injury report because the whole Packers cadre of receivers is slated to be healthy, isn't it? Holy, holy buckets. So, so let's, let's first start with the bears and it'll be a short one. And then I'll lead into the Packers one. So you guys can see how much more healthy Chicago is. So you had mentioned this one. So Darnell Mooney is DMP with the concussion. Do you think he's going to come back or do you think it's a benching? I, I think he got soft benched. I mean, I know it's ridiculous to say that, right? I know it's ridiculous, but him still being in the concussion protocol. Look, we can't know concussions are nasty affairs. 
Like mm-hmm. it's very, very, very possible that a human being and an athlete, especially one that's as light as Darnell Mooney is, got hit really hard. And it's taking him more than a week or two to rub it off. But also, Nick, this very well feels to me like too many loafs. We're moving on. We know you don't want to be here. Frankly, we're moving on without you. We're going to play our young kids and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's interesting. I mean, I would feel better if we had him back, even though he hasn't played well, because we'll look at this Green Bay secondary here in a bit, and it's very questionable. So he was a DMP. Cole Komet, DMP with a knee. I feel like he'll play, even though he toughed it out last week. I don't know how well he can move, but he will he was a DMP. Jalen Johnson was a DMP, but he was on the score. Do you think he plays? They explicitly asked Eberflus about this, and Eberflus explicitly stated that both are on track to play and that both were given rest days today. So Good. we'll see Good. what happens on the injury report. Maybe that's a competitive advantage kind of conversation mm-hmm. right now, but at least tonight, Wednesday evening, you feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyson Bajent was a DMP with an illness. Um, I'm not going to say who, but I have I have a source I talked, and they uh, they said he'll be fine. So just sick. Nice. Uh, Patrick Scales, DMP with a foot. Better not be. That guy's an Iron Man. What I are we going to do without Patrick Scales? I know. And then after last week, which surprised me, actually I advised people not to play this person in DFS. DJ Moore was limited today with an ankle. He wasn't even on the report last week. How does that even work? I don't know. I mean, for all we know, he twinged it somewhere uh, in the middle of the game, or maybe it's giving him more trouble than we think. But the fact that he just put up well over 150 yards uh, it last week on what apparently was a half-working ankle, gosh, can this guy impress you anymore? Like <laughs> if he does that against AJ Terrell and Jesse Bates, what's he going to do with this secondary? That's come the thing. on. So, come right, on. So that, that was... Six guys. Six guys. That's it. That's it. Okay. Now, let me stretch a little bit. Ugh, okay. Get the get the voice ready here. It's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> All right. Green Bay's injury report. I'm going to start with the DMPs. AJ Dillon, DMP with his thumb neck. He played last week. Rudy Ford, DMP. And again, these are the these are the major contributors. I didn't list everyone. Rudy Ford safety, DMP with a hamstring. Eldon Jenkins, who you'd question could be their best lineman. I think it's uh, Zach Tom. He was a DMP with a knee ankle. Preston Smith, starting edge, DMP with an ankle. Now we have limited participants. So most of the times when you're limited, you think they're going to play if they get at least a couple of limited practices in. Jaden Reed left the game last week with a chest injury. He's limited now. Thank playing, goodness. Practicing with a chest is different than I think playing with the chest. That's taking a hit. So I think this is a little bit different. But he was limited with the chest. Aaron Jones limited with a knee and a finger. Center Josh Myers limited with a neck. That's dangerous. Luke Musgrave has missed a lot of time with his kidney. He was limited. Christian Watson limited with the hamstring. He's missed a lot of time. Is he back? I don't know. Keyshawn Nixon starting nickel corner limited with a quad. Quay Walker. We all know Quay Walker. Limited with a shoulder, not not good for linebacker. So many limiteds. Oh my gosh. Don Tavian Wicks, one of the receivers you talked about, who's thriving, limited with the chest. Two of them limited with the chest. That's that's three of the receivers right there. And then um, Slayton, their nose tackle, limited with a knee slash foot. So that's probably two injuries. And then Jonathan Owens, safety who rotates in there, starts sometimes, limited with a knee. 
Oh my word. I mean, granted, what does limited mean, right? But it, it, mean, it means you're not 100% though, Robert. I mean, it, it does, right? So it's a Packers team that we know is banged up. But like you're talking about, they are they are coming off of a great game against Minnesota. Like, it's so funny just looking at the two teams because both of them are too young to be truly consistent, right? But both of them have had very recent phenomenal football games. I mean, like, the other part about this, Nick, is you look at who the you look at everybody that the Packers have that they're going to be playing the Bears with. And like you're talking about, I mean, we mentioned this at the top of the show. The opportunity is there mm-hmm. for a huge Bears offensive day. But, okay, do you have your normal complement of PFF stats? Yeah, I do. So Give I me- actually have one more injury I didn't list. Oh, what? Uh, Devondre Campbell was like a uh, full participant. So he was actually inactive last week. I forgot what the injury was. So he was inactive. Wicks was inactive with that chest and Watson was inactive. So like you think those would lean more towards maybe not playing, maybe Campbell right. seems full. He could, but right. I feel like it was like a neck or something serious. So I don't even know if he'll play. So that's just another one to think about. That's, that's All wild. Right. Do you want offense or defense first? First I want their rush defense. Okay. So well, I'll just go defense first then. Okay. So 23rd overall. And again, this is expected points added. Uh-huh. And again, I, I don't have the splits of like recent games. This is just overall for the season. So they're 23rd overall. They're sixth in pressure percentage, which you had talked about. They generate pressure, which is sacks, you know, hurries, things like that. 10th in blitz percentage. 21st in pass defense. 23rd in run defense. And this this is interesting. 14th in points per game. Which you're like, okay, 23rd overall defense, 14th in points per game. That's not bad. They're 22nd in points allowed per drive. To me, that just says... How are they... What? Teams don't get a lot of possessions against them. Does that mean they're off... Mm, it's because their offense has A.J. Dillon, the guy that can't get more than four yards in a carry, but can't get less than three yards in a carry. Yep. Well, and their offense is solid, so they sustain drives and teams right. just don't get possessions. So I thought that's very interesting. So like, you might think, oh, wow, they're only 14th in points per game. Yeah, but really, they're not that good if the team gets the possession. So, they shorten the game. Um, 24th and third down percentage, ninth and fourth down percentage, 13th and red zone percentage. And that's the amount of times you get in the red zone and you score a touchdown and ninth and starting field position. Uh, two recent stats I, I looked up. They So again, last week, Minnesota with whoever played at quarterback, it's like a circus at this point. They had a bad game. Okay. Before that, Green Bay had seven straight games allowing 19 or more points. And they had seven straight games allowing 324 or more yards. Whoa. That is, yeah. Whoa. That is so many. My brain's like, did he just, oh my gosh. Defense, defense is, <laughs> defense is not good right now. All right, so let, let's look at PFF because, you know, that's the other thing. That's the neutral party. Right. Um, so they're best defenders. Uh, and this is rank per position. So. Rashawn Gary, we've talked about. He's actually 25th in edge. I thought he'd be better than that. Yeah. Um, Is it r- bad run defense? Uh, I, I can look up the individual, but yeah, 20, 25th overall, which, I mean, again, is that is his knee great? Is that part of it? Uh, Has it been kind here. of a down season? I mean... It, it looks like it's about the same overall. He's like uh, an 80... 75.1, 75.9, and 79. And that's that's huh. run defense, 
pass rush and coverage. So like it's you're just, saying, that really surprises me too. Yeah, but nothing, nothing great. And for reference, y'all, Amantis, what is 37th? So they're close. Uh, Preston Smith is 41st. Lucas Van Ness, first round pick, is 65th. So that's the edges. Uh, your D tackles, Kenny Clark is 39th, and Slayton is 49th. Their linebackers, Campbell, who didn't play last week, is 48th after being top 10 two years ago when he was like top 15 last year, I think, or top 20 last year. So he's dropped down. Man, that's a fall off. Quay Walker, 65th. Big rough. <laughs> that, guy, where, that guy does not like run defense at all. Where does the Bears compare to this? Uh, I'll look. I'll, I'll look that one up. Um, and and to me, it kind of reminds me a little bit. I always think of him as like a poor version of Tremaine Edmonds. You know? Yes. Yes, I or, do. Especially since Tremaine Edmonds' run defense is also really poor. <laughs> but yeah. so hey. TJ Edwards is tied yeah. for sixth best linebacker. Thank you, TJ. Yep. Yep. And then uh, actually, Jack Sanborn is <laughs> sneaking in. He's forty third. <laughs> Uh, Better Tremaine than Devontae Campbell. That's what I yeah, always Tremaine, say. Tremaine Edmonds is actually 72nd. Oh, is this good now? Or, you, no, you're saying low. <laughs> low. Low. That, like yeah, that. that's, that's surprising. That's not great. But it is what it is, right? Yeah. So, so interesting. So, yeah. Um, and then there's secondary. So, J.R. Alexander got suspended for one game. He mm-hmm. practiced in full today. I'm not right. sure if he's playing or not. I'm not sure what the plan is with him. I would be blown away if he didn't play maybe that's just because of all the anti-bears juju that i generally think up when the bears are playing the packers because this is just what i've been forced to do like the bears have or the pack every time just so we're on the same page nick Mm -hmm. every time the bears play the packers i convince myself they're going to win so i almost have to sit there and remind myself like i have to look in the mirror you remember that if you see parks and rec yeah you know when uh you know that moment that Rob Lowe looks in the mirror and goes, Stop pooping. Like when he's sick. Like <laughs> yes. I, I That's to, a great show, man. It's so great. I have to look in the it's like I have to look in the mirror, sweat pouring down my face and be like, Stop betting on the bears. Yep. Because yep. this game in particular has always just been such a sore spot, especially the one in Lambo. Like so- Yes. So hold on, I got to finish the seconder. So you're Please do. you're thinking Jair's going to play? I I think so because he's healthy. The Packers need this to get in the playoffs. You can't screw around with this. And I mean, like you're saying, if you if he's gone, then yeah. But right. but part of me thinks the moment that you don't trade him in this game, well, now you're probably hurting his trade value at least a little bit. Whereas yeah. if you play him and then like he doesn't play all that well, a lot of people won't even watch the game. What do you think J.R. Alexander's overall cornerback ranking is this year? I would guess that it's pretty bad, actually. Give me a guess. Uh, like number or like yeah, ranking? Yeah, yeah. R- ranking among among corners. Ranking among how many corners are there? I mean, my goodness. Um, Probably, let's look here. Qualifying among snaps, 125. I bet you Jair is 85th. Ooh, no, you're lower. He's 61st. Okay, okay. Main reason that I was guessing this is because PFF has a, if PFF has a bad habit, in my opinion, it's that they grade their corners off of when they're targeted. And with corners like Jair, especially in zone-heavy defenses, when the defense isn't playing well, you just get zone-gashed. 
And so you get a bunch of bad PFF scores. It's the only reason I know this for what it's worth, Nick, is because when I did my study on Jalen Johnson, I came to the same conclusion in the offseason oh, okay. of like okay. Jalen's PFF grades have always been under uh, underselled by by places like PFF because he gets attacked when the zone like collapses in on itself due to poor pressure. And as I remember it, and I'm pretty sure you just listed this earlier, the Packers have had real issues rushing the passer, which is hilarious when you talk about a defensive line that's as loaded with talent as they are. I said right. it earlier that this defensive line is a mismatch. On paper, they should be, what, except for when you look at their actual production, right? Well, no, they're sixth in pressure percentage. They're doing well. Oh, then obviously I mistook that. Thank you for setting yeah, this yeah, No, sixth, sixth the best. Not, Man, rip yeah. Jair then. If we're getting pressure, but we're not right. making plays, that's not great for a zone he's had, corner. He's had the shoulder too, so I mm -hmm. get part of that. Now, this is something that's interesting. So Jalen Johnson is first among all PFF corners in overall ranking and in coverage. He's probably going to make an all-pro, don't you think? Yeah, he should. Rasul Douglas is fifth. Oh, that's pretty good. Like, like, <laughs> like, think of trading him now after they went on this run. Now it's like, man, you really could use someone like him. Yeah. So here, here's the rest of their their DBs though. So I get confused with this all the time. They have a Valentine who's 85th. They do. They You're Valentine. right because they also have a Valentine. Yeah, Valentine and Valentine. So I know, hey guys. I know it's January, but this is on your mind already. Oh, it's gosh. not February. It's January. Valentine's already on your mind. Anyways, um, Valentine 85th. And Valentine's 86th. So so poor, which yeah. would be a lot better if memory serves uh, Tyler Scott isn't in the hundreds in wide receivers and yep. then like Bayless Jones a little further below him, right? Well, well, and and Mooney's down there too. And right before them in 84th is Keyshawn Nixon. So they are all on the lower end. Uh, safety Rudy Ford is the 32nd safety. Darnell Savage, 54th, and Jonathan Owens, 67th. Yikes. Yikes. Yep. I guess at least they got one decent safety out of their offseason additions because I know they've had real trouble. But it's been a defense that Joe Barry has made a bad habit of trying to be exotic to his defense's detriment, in my opinion. Look, I'm not always a fan, Nick, of trying to run simple stuff, but it does feel like at times the defense will – we'll blitz this guy and we'll drop this guy into coverage and we're all going to swap spots and do some big invert. And you end up with a bunch of guys out of place, out leveraged and beat uh, all across the defense. And so mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that they're grading in as well, as low as they are. My big question is, are the bears going to be able to do what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks against them? Because this is where obviously I, I don't know if you've got PFF scores about, um, quarterback versus man, quarterback versus zone, but it does feel like mm -hmm. Justin struggles more when he faces a lot of the spot drop zones that Green Bay's going to call. So it's a poor defense where there should be throwing opportunities, but the calls that they run are calls that Justin needs to show us improvement on, which is a good thing. This is like a yeah, huge a test. test. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the final exam. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, like, yeah. But within that, I would love to see Justin succeed because it would obviously mean so much to the fan base. I'm sure to the organization, but to do it there against that team and with the way that they play defense stacked against you, man, that would be such an awesome statement. You know, can, can, 
I got to say a selfish one out there. Okay. Give it to me. So Justin's only played 12 games, you know, and I know people throw out the, you know, the, the stat of Jordan loves seasons better than any bears quarterback. A lot of that is, is health. He's played every game playing. Every game matters y'all. So if Justin love goes or Justin love, well, here we go. If Justin Fields goes, yeah, I know if Justin Fields goes crazy here. Okay. And by crazy Robert. Okay. Stay with me. He passes for 337 yards. Okay. That that would be pretty huge. Okay. I would hit the over in my over Justin Fields season passing one was 2750s when I hit it. Oh my gosh. On FanDuel. So it's within reach. It is. It is. Three or 337 passing, by the way. I mean, like, once again, that is the we're trading number one when you do that. Would that be putting too much off of recent game data? It might be, but try telling that to a locker room. Try telling that to an owner. Like you got, I, I keep thinking about this, Nick, where it's like the owner can stop rational thinking with a word, right? Let's say that Ryan Poles was already talking to Ben Johnson or Jim Harbaugh. Right. And they were, they were even starting to get the preliminary contract worked out. And then George McCaskey said, I don't know. I kind of like this Eberflus guy. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. The yep, deal is yep, done. Yep. And if you get this quarterback who fans were just chanting, we want fields, rolls into Lambeau and wins the first game since, can you name the last game that they won? In Lambeau? No, just in general against the Packers. No, I can't. Because it's a good memory. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, it is 2018. Eddie yes, Jackson picked it off, but yes. hurt his ankle and didn't yes, play in the playoff is. game. I always I always wind the clock a little further back to Mitch hitting that strike to Trey Burton that was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, in my mind, because there's so few of them. I remember the uh, the Brian Robinson field goal block. Yep. Honoring Walter Payton's right. passing. Um, but yeah, there, there's, we need more of those. We need we, more wins against Green Bay. We need more wins against Green Bay. And this would be but, such a huge opportunity for one. But if you think 337 is out of the picture, Robert. I don't think had, it's out of the picture. He, he had 268 last week, and that's with a couple of those drops we talked about. Mm-hmm. And he had, and that would be a season high. He had 335 against Denver, 282 against Washington. It'd be a big time for a high, though. Like, yeah. I mean... I mean I mean, all here's the other part, right? Let's say they want to trade Fields, okay? Wouldn't this be the time, like, hey, we're gonna let him just sling it and get a bunch of yards? I mean, Green Bay's run defense is suspect enough, but the Bears have not actually been running the ball all that well. Like no. in the wide world of getting the run game moving, it's been a great two weeks. I hope it can continue, right? But they've, and frankly, oh gosh, Nick, now I'm backing myself up where I'm like, well, they spent like. Out of the last seven weeks, they spent five of them running the ball quite poorly. But they have heated up over the last two weeks. And they did it last week against a really pretty doggone good interior defensive line, too, uh, in Atlanta. So who's to say that they can't be pretty dual threat on this next upcoming Sunday? Is Deontay Foreman going to be active? That's one of the weirdest things because I I really like him. I think this downhill interior run game is where he would thrive, and we haven't seen him. It sure seems as if they feel like Khalil Herbert is healthy again, and therefore, yeah. Deontay Foreman, we simply do not require your services. Like you're yep. saying, it's a little funky, but 
feels like they're prioritizing the rookie and guys that they know are going to be around next year because yep. they know they're not making the playoffs. And if they're not making the playoffs, then play the best young guy, right? As opposed to just the best guy. But yeah. that's at I least agree. how I read it. What do you? No, no, I agree with you too. And that, and that part of it too is where who can catch the ball, who can offer anything on special teams because Roshan can do that. And, and you don't get that from Foreman. So that, that's part of it. So, all right, that is defense. That's defense. Let's, let's go to Green Bay's offense, y'all. You're going to be surprised. They've, they've been heating up here. Okay. They've had nine straight games scoring 19 or more points, nine straight games with 321 or more total yards. They're eighth in total offense. And again, this is expected points added. So it's not yardage or whatever. It's just one of those advanced stats. Fourth in passing, 15th in rushing, 11th in points per game, fifth in third down percentage. 16th and 4th down percentage, 20th and red zone percentage, 6th and starting field position, and again, remember this stat, 11th in points per game. They are ninth in points per drive. 6th in starting field position? That's yep. so weird. I wonder why. I don't know. <laughs> but, man, did you say that they're top top 7 in passing? Like They're 4th. Oh, top 5? Oh, yep. man. <laughs> Yep, and that's that's more me groaning about specifically the fact that it's just Jordan Love in this Green Bay passing game, of course, that have not just found their footing but found it explosively, and it's such a funny funny matchup. Or do you feel like you're through, or do you want to start commenting on the matchups that we have? Uh, well, I, I I have their PFF grades, but overall with Jordan Love, like, hey man, pay him, pay him sixty million a year, like let, let's just do it. <laughs> you know, he's get the get. Start carving the statue. Get you know that I mean? bag. Like, like, go, Jordan. You deserve it. Yeah, you deserve it, it pay, Jordan. Pay him more, you know? Um, so PFF grades, again, ranking by position. Love is 13th overall. Dylan is 16th, which surprised me a little bit. Um, and again, the receivers. This is in order of PFF ranking. Dontavian Wicks is 29th. Jaden Reed is 36th. Romeo Dobbs is 52nd. Christian Watson's 53rd. And then this is interesting. Among tight ends, Luke Musgrave is 32nd and Tucker Kraft is 33rd. And then their offensive line across the board, I'm not going to go through backups, is Rashid Walker filling in 45th, which is not bad. Um, Eldon Jenkins is 29th. Myers, the center, is 28th. John Runyon is 58th. And then Tom is 14th. As usual, and frankly, kind of like we just talked about, like the Bears have a lot of matchup advantages here, especially on the defensive line. Like Andrew Billings, we feel good about. Demarcus Walker has been kind of balling. Like we've kind of brought Demarcus up quietly throughout the season, but especially in a game like this, you're going to need your run-stuffing edge. But I, I can't help feeling like Nick the Bears scheme, look, I'm not about to tell you on this podcast, because if I did, it would be just me being nervous, that the scheme is like taking a step back. But it does feel like Matt Eberflus is going back a little bit to what he knows. What he knows is disguise coverages, drop seven, win with the front four, right? Mm -hmm. And will that work against Green Bay? Man, I don't know. But it does feel like we talked about how this is a big test for Justin. To me, this is a big moment for Matt Eberflus. Hey, Matt LaFleur? Here is an NFL offensive mind. Like yeah. you are an NFL defensive mind. Right now you're being credited for one of the biggest turnarounds 
in in the league right now. Everybody's giving those comparisons to the 2022 Lions. Okay, how are you going to do it? Well, you're probably going to have to hold Green Bay to under, what do you think, 23 points? Like, realistically, what do you think yes. the defense has to do if yeah. they're going to win this game? I, yeah, I think 23 or less. And, and one thing that's very interesting with this, too, you, you said those 2022 Lions. What did they do the last game of the season last year, Robert? Uh, they eliminated the Packers. Specifically by going for a fourth down that everybody told them they shouldn't. <laughs> and and one of my favorite was, do you remember they had that hook and ladder play? Yes. It was like awesome. In traffic. <gasps> Beautiful. Gosh. So, so it happened last year. It did. And then also the other thing that we talked about is Chicago lost to Minnesota the first time, beat him the second time. Yep. Lost to Detroit the first time, beat him the second time. Lost to Green Bay week one. And then here we are. So, I mean, that that's going to show a little bit of that too. Are, do they make adjustments from one game to the next? Do they learn? Uh, we'll see. But I, I agree. It's going to be interesting because if Jalen Johnson does play. Yes. And with how the corners are playing, I feel better about our cornerback play than our safety play. Eddie Jackson has quietly not been too great, y'all. But, I mean, will they learn? Because think of week one, go all the way back. They had the tight end throwback. Tyreek Stevenson lost him. They had a couple of... They didn't fight for some balls in the secondary that they could have knocked down or intercepted. And then TJ Edwards got exposed on Aaron Jones on two big pass plays. Yep. And are they going to make adjustments? I mean, they got beat by that big screen last week. Some guys fell down, didn't get there in time. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if Chicago learns and if they're going to evolve to win this game. Can I vent about something real fast, Dick? Oh, yeah, please. Let's do it. If the Bears don't win this game and one god forbid two if it's two i'm going to lose my mind two of the key drives that the packers score points on that end up defeating the bears come when they have subbed tyreek out and are playing fifth rounder terrell smith i am going to flip my yep. lid hey that's fine to do against the arizona cardinals like, I get that not every Sunday is guaranteed, but sure, you want to get the kids some reps? I get it. Feels a little video gamey to me, but I get it. Man, Nick, there's a point where you got to rock with your best, and it's just the wrong position, in my opinion, to be just subbing guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a specific package. It feels like it's every second or third drive. Like, Tyreek gets two, and then Terrell comes in. And Terrell's been slowly eating... Uh, Tyreek's playing time, which I guess somebody might see as a medium positive, but it's not like I think Terrell or that I, it's not like I think Tyreek Stevenson has been playing poorly. Like obviously, there's tons of production that everybody's really excited about with the interceptions. But beyond that, man, like it's it made sense to me when they were giving Terrell or Terrell Smith a bit of a bigger look at about three weeks ago. But the last three weeks since Tyreek Stevenson has responded, let the kid play. Like th th it's just such a weird little quirk, you know? So, so I, I, I agree with you. I think Tyreek has, has earned it and he's played well. Let me give you, let me give you one pushback. Okay. <laughs> this is just, this is too fun. Cause I know how invested you're in Tyreek. You better tell me if it ain't broke, don't fix it. PFFs <laughs> cornerback rankings. Tyreek Stevenson, among all corners, by the way, Kyler Gordon's 57th. He's really improved since this season's gone on. 
Tyreek Stevenson is 81st, tied for 81st, best Not corner surprising. in the NFL. Where's Terrell Smith? I bet you he's in the, what, the 30s? 31. Mm-hmm. They love wow. him just dropping back and driving downhill to make tackles. Like <laughs> he has a he has a better coverage ranking. His is sixty five point nine, and Tyreek's is fifty nine point four. So maybe Chicago's analytics say the same thing, Robert. Maybe I just want to know what film they're looking at. Like I'm happy to sit down and watch him and let their DB coach tell me, like, hey, this is this let's, is what we're seeing. Let's call up John Hoke. Let's hey John, hey. love it. Listen, Robert has some questions More. for you in the offseason. I would. If if they gave me John Hoke's phone number, I would be like, you got to explain to me this whole rotation thing. Like, what are we doing? All right. All right. Bear, bear with us, you know, nation. Okay. If you guys got a connection with John Hoke, hit us up. Okay. And we will give a special episode this offseason. But I will say that there have been a lot of offenses the Bears have played. Tell me if you think I'm crazy. But there have been a lot of offenses the Bears have played where – when Jalen Johnson can lock off their number one receiver, the offense doesn't have any options anymore. And what's been really pretty staggering about this Green Bay passing attack is that they do use everybody. Like, they've got roles that everybody plays, but we talked about the final exam feeling earlier. Man, same for most of the DBs, let alone Eberflus, but we're going to leave him aside for a moment because everybody's going to get their shot. Like, they're going to throw at Jalen. They're going to throw it Kyler Gordon. They're going to throw it Jaquan Brisker. They're going to throw it Tyreek Stevenson. Terrell Smith's in the game. They're going to throw it him too. They'll probably throw it Eddie Jackson at some point. Like this Green Bay Packers attack weaponizes space more so than matchups. And yep. so it's going to be up to Chicago to try to take that space away. If you had an X factor in this game, as we start closing in on predictions, because I know you got to go, like if as we start closing in on the predictions, is there a position group? that you think needs to win the game for the Bears? Yes. Who is it? The defensive line has to win this game for Chicago. And, and, and going into this season was the one position group we were so scared of. But yep. Green Bay gets rolling when they have ahead of the chains, right? First down, four-yard gain, second and six, or second and five, or third and short. Right then, they get that play action, and that's what Love does well with. He does not do well with pressure. He'll, they don't do the boot; they do the stretch right outside mm -hmm. zone, mm -hmm. and he goes straight back. Because when you when you're when you're stretching defenses horizontally, Robert, they can't get vertically up the field, and that's what they do. Now, if you're in third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, that play fake isn't. We're not believing that, right? You can tackle short, and that's fine. So to me. Chicago has to stop the run early, and then they have to generate pressure. If they do that, if if Javon Dexter keeps the pressure up that he's doing, Zach Pickens makes a play or two in the run or the pass game, Montez Sweat does what he does against their best linemen, I think that flips the script because I'm nervous about our safeties against them. I'm not nervous about our corners against their receivers. So to me, this game is... If there's enough time for them to play action, they can expose our safeties. And we need to have our D-line make sure that the play action isn't going to be there. Pickens, by the way, quietly having a really nice couple weeks here. Like, in this last game, he made a couple plays against the run. He made, or he pressured the passer a couple times. Tipped the interception that Desmond Ritter threw to Tyreek Stevenson. Like, number 96 is kind of coming along. Maybe these Bears know what they're doing. 
when it comes to drafting guys. Like, hey, wouldn't that be neat? I I can't help but feel like, so I agree with you on the defensive line. I'm not going to take anything away. I am going to throw another position group out there because yeah. I don't think you win this game without great play from the linebackers. In particular, it was Tremaine Edmonds that got victimized on all kinds of two and three man over the middle passing concepts in week one's game between the Bears and the Packers. And I don't imagine the Packers are going to cool off attacking number 49. Now, they had a lot more time to do it early in the season. Just like you mentioned, if you can frazzle love, maybe just maybe you'll get another three interceptions on this Bears offense or this Bears defense that is absolutely rolling when it comes to taking the ball away. But love's been playing pretty clean if memory serves. So it's a it's not an easy task. And if anything, Nick, I I'll say it one more time. This feels to me very final exam. I'm shocked that it's come down to such a climactic game right like why them why there why these circumstances but doesn't it feel like that like oh no oh 100 it does because this <laughs> is it if, if you win then what you've been doing lately is for real and we believe you all off season if not you're a fraud and that could that goes with fields that yeah. goes for eberflus that goes for the defense and you don't yeah. get another game like there's no there's no elixir game against the Steelers next week where you could say, hey, no, 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 it's just the Packers, right? No, it it ends today, so to speak. And that whatever that emotion that it leaves you with, that's the last emotion that is going to last over the course of the offseason. Man, mm-hmm. with number one pick looming over everybody's head, that is just a wild thing to me. It's this whole thing is crazy. Do you yeah. feel confident enough to pick a score? <laughs> no, not really. Neither do I, but we're gonna try. <laughs> I mean, because there's the there's the rest advantage. You're on the road. There's the there's the fear factor that you just don't beat Green Bay. But I mean, crap, you almost beat Detroit twice. I mean, I feel like Chicago can play with anybody right now, but I feel like they can play up to the competition and down. I would argue that right now, look, all right, so I'm looking at the NFL's standings at this moment. And as I am, I'm taking a look at the teams that are in the playoffs. And if I had to just guesstimate, man, I would tell you that I think the Bears could probably beat, I mean, the Colts, if we're going to start in that side of the conference. I think the Bears have a shot at beating the current Chiefs. I think the Bears could potentially beat the current Jags. I think the Bears have a shot to beat the current Dolphins off of matchups, though I don't know how they'd handle Tyreek Hill. Like, they've had they've had faucet-on, faucet-off performances all season long where either you somehow bottle the Miami defense or you don't beat them. Like, yeah. the I, I think that they'd probably lose to Buffalo, but that's neither here nor there. Then on the other side of the conference, I think the Bears could beat Detroit again. I think the Bears would give Dallas hell. I think that the Bears should beat Tampa if they had a rematch right now. A game against the Eagles would be, I think, knockdown drag out. I would be worried about the Rams because the Rams are the, the Rams have exactly the kind of passing attack that might victimize the spaces that the Bears leave in their zones. And I say all of this, Nick, to point out that the Bears are a hot team, hot as hell. I consider myself pretty realistic, and I think the Bears would give any of those teams a game. They are just facing the other team in the NFL that is also outrageously hot. And that team would give any of those teams hell also and did throughout most of this season. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, it is 
it's a statement. <laughs> you know these Packers owners don't want to lose this one either because as much as we talk about how much this means to the Bears, man, if you're Matt LaFleur, you cannot have a division rival end your season and keep your playoff list twice. You'd get over it because you've got a rookie co- or you've got a young quarterback in this case and an incredibly young offense, but you're looking for your statement too. There is so much on the line for both of these teams. Like I won't hear that it's just a Bears thing. It is a playoff game. It's just a week early. And- the, the, thing, the thing, man, that when you go back and you look at, you you said they're hot, you know? I mean, you look at their last, I mean, crap, they, I mean, Minnesota last week, yeah, that's a blowout. Don't get me wrong. They they won at Carolina by three. Yeah, that was not good. Th- thankfully. Lost to Tampa by 14. They, they allowed smacked. Four- they, they they allowed three hundred eight oh, and fifty three right. yards to Tampa. My head is in the, my head's in the mid season when they went Rams Steelers over the Chargers beat the Lions. It, but you're making it you're making a lost, great point. Lost well okay they lost the, to the Giants before that. The Chiefs game is what I was going back to that that was sort of their emotional peak and you could yep. argue they took their eye off the ball over the next couple of weeks. Because then the Giants pop them, the Bucks pop them, the Panthers pop, or the Panthers nearly get them. And suddenly the season's on the ropes again. Like, this is, if anything, Nick, all you've done is strengthen the case that this was a team that was cruising its way to the playoffs and certainly made, like, they were even potentially contending for the division until they weren't. And suddenly now you've got a staff that's looking for that extra statement for or like to ownership and trying to earn trust, man. If I was going to guess my head says the bears can't win this game because my head is scared. My heart says 24 to 22 bears in a knockdown drag out close one that ends in a game-winning Cairo Santos field goal. What do you think? What, what, do we know what the weather is like? Do we know that? I think cold, but that's just me being a Texan. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Of course of course, you're going to do that down there, man. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious. I mean, this could be a factor, you know? Green Bay, Wisconsin. Again, hop a skip and a jump from here in Madison. 36 you know. degrees, seven winds or seven miles per hour, humid. So pretty perfect. much perfect December football weather. Perfect. For January. I'm going to go 31 to. You better not. You better not pick against these Bears. Not on 30, the last game of the season. 31 24. The Bears. There it is. There it I is. I mean, I mean, they're they're hot, and honestly, like, this is it. This this you you can pull out all the trick plays. You can pull out whatever you want. This is it. What I'm really interested to see is what happens in the second half. Because to be honest with you, like as one more closing comment, I guess the Bears have been rocking and rolling in the first half. They their script. Feels like it's 15, 20 plays long, and they just whoop on that script. Not just Atlanta. They did this against Arizona. They they struggled a bit against this in uh, in Cleveland, I guess, but the defense obviously helped them out. And then against Detroit, their script has been money. So I won't be surprised if Bears fans, hot take, 
dig themselves a small hole as the Bears start out red hot in this game. But it's going to be how they manage that lead. Can they keep up the pressure? Can they hold this thing out? Like, that's the question. I am dying to know the answer. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was going back and looking. I was like, how are these teams different from that first matchup, you know? Um, Chase Claypool was in that first matchup. Who? They did not have Tevin Jenkins in that first matchup. No, they didn't. Um, so Cody Whitehair was starting. Kyler then, got hurt. Who is that? Yeah, Gordon got hurt right away. Um, and then obviously you don't have Montez Sweat. So it's pretty pretty interesting just how the teams have, have changed. Yeah, Ky- Kyler Gordon played 27 snaps. Like last game? Uh, no, against Green Bay. Huh. So, yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, very, just very interesting. So, anyway, I just think it's, again, because you think of what could, what could Green Bay do to win this game? Mm-hmm. Is their D-line dominate like the first week? That right. would be it. And I just don't, they're not playing up to that level. And I think the offensive line is playing much better than it was in week one. Man. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm, I'm also very nervous. Here's the thing you don't get, Robert. Okay. Today I had, oh, you're right. I had, I had a student. Is it today? Today or yesterday? They, they, they needed something from this. They messaged me and they said, you know, bears are going to crush the bears. And then they wanted this. I was like, Man, so I, I get all that, man. So that's the other thing is like I want a whole off season of being able to just like I'm gonna wear my Justin Field stuff Monday, Tuesday. Well, I'm just gonna rotate. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I might. I maybe I could have like outfit changes in the middle of the day. Like oh, psh, oh that'd be awesome. Off, boom, another Bears thing. You that'd know? be awesome. That'd be yeah. awesome. We gotta win. I'll, <laughs> I want to do. I want to do that all off season, y'all. All off season. So I hope you are Robert. Robert mentioned this, you know, about the, the reviews and stuff. The other thing I enjoy, I don't know if you like this, Robert or not, but in YouTube, we get the comments, mm-hmm. you know, like you get, you guys comment mm-hmm. and you're discussing stuff or things that you like from the show. Uh, I read those. I, I enjoy those. Uh, if there's things you want us to improve on, pl- please list that. But please. also like th- this is, this is as much your podcast as is ours. If there's stuff that you want, there's stuff that you enjoy, let us know. Cause we want to make this the best product we can for you guys. We do. And we're so excited to be putting this thing together, rain or shine. It is it is awesome. I am I'm so enthralled with what's gonna happen this offseason. All right, so Nick, I'm going to throw something at you. So this is the most negative uh, this is the, the only part of this podcast that we're gonna be even a small bummer about. Okay? Just a small one. All right. All right. Your dog is named Fields. We love Justin Fields. Oh yeah. I, sa- I said this in the pre show. If I, I think I can't remember if I said this in the podcast, if we were evaluating best dudes in the NFL, Justin Fields is a phenomenal person. At least he yes. comes across that way, an outstanding leader. And it is not surprising that he has captivated the city and he has captivated the locker room. If Justin Fields is part of a 24 to 13 game where the Bears don't really ever feel in it, they're not totally out of it. But moreover, Nick, it's the game you've watched before. Yep. You're not you, of all people, and I don't think most people in Chicago are going to call for Fields to be ousted. Some people are going to freak out, but you're, I know we're not going to go there. But if Fields is moved on from, 
does a loss in this game almost help the medicine or does it does it make that make more sense it does it's the same thing with Eberflus. It's like, okay, because just like with the win, the, the loss, the taste would just stay in your mouth longer. Like, because mm-hmm. we're, we're such a recency bias we always society. Are. What, did, what have you done for me lately? What, what just happened? Like right now, Tyreek Stevenson's amazing because he's been playing good the last few games. We forgot about Mike Evans just literally taking everything from him in his hands. Like it was <laughs> exactly earlier in the year. Like, Justin Fields. Incredibly accurate, outstanding downfield thrower. Tyler Scott sucks, right? Like yeah, everybody yeah. hates him. Uh, yeah. Valus Jones. Now he's a running back. Like we are, we are recency bias to yep. a T. We absolutely are. And the worst part about Week 18 is that there is no Week 19 for the teams nope. that don't make the playoffs. This is nope. it, and <laughs> it's high drama in the craziest fashion. Man, I'm, I'm so excited. But then every every two steps forward I take towards the game, I take one step back out of just nervousness. The, the other thing that would be cool is if Chicago wins, Robert, the Bears hit the over on their win total for the year, 7.5. They'll have eight. Man. And like, yep, they did a little better than everyone thought they would. Like, it's just they like. They did trade for sweat. I've thought about that one. If, yeah. if they had sweat on this roster, I bet we would have picked them to be an eight and a half win team, if not nine. Gosh. Right? What? No. Well, I, I think about that. I think of if Fields doesn't hurt his thumb and you have sweat for the whole season. Right. You win 10 games. Uh, probably. Almost assuredly. Easy. Easy. Even sweat for half the season. But this Bears team with sweat is a categorically different team than the other one is. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. Yep. So we, we just we just want to have a good taste in our mouth the rest of the year. So let's go. Let's yeah, go. Yep. Let's go. All right. Thank you guys so much. Nick, you got anything before we get out of here? No, no, man, nothing. What you got going on the rest of the week? Who are you taking to DFS? What you feeling? Uh, yeah, I, I got I got a rebound, man. I had a bad week last week, and it's the last week of the year, which was really tough because you have guys that aren't going to play. So it's going to be th- – this is going to be a tough DFS article for me. I'm not going to lie. Because you have guys that are getting benched and how, you know, motivation factors. So Nothing yeah, about this is easy. Week 18 but, is crazy. But, Robert, but I think I mentioned this on the last one, but I, I, I got to do it again. I had an undefeated dynasty team. Yeah, you did. For two years in a row. Haven't lost in two years. Um, I just got that payment in my pocket, which was nice. And then um, I have another team that won a championship, and it is my third championship out of four years. And um, Yes. Yeah, that, that's a true dynasty right there. That is, that is awesome. Look at you being the patron. Yeah, man. What's up with you? What do you got cooking? Man, I right now I'm going to cook up some sleep. Over the last couple of days, I've been burning the midnight oil to get a bunch of things done before the next uh, before we get into off season. I'm it's can't be surprising to folks out there that it's nearly draft season. So I've got my senior bowl credential in. Like I'm working up as much as I can on draft tape, right? And this Bears season basically made it to where Nick, we were almost about to get ahead on draft stuff, but they pulled us back in, baby. I know. <laughs> they, they made everything. Back but about I, the current team. I would rather have it this way. Than I would have two top five. I would way rather have it this way. I really would because yep. the the ascension that we've seen has been awesome. But so mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks, I am going to lay my head down and catch up on all the sleep that I haven't had, and I can't wait because after a couple of sleeps, it's going to be Bears Packers. It's going to be the end of the season, and it's going to be a game full of answers to the season's yep. biggest questions, whether we like yep. them or not. 
I am so ready. I am so ready. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. Make sure you leave that review. We really, really appreciate it. Leave a comment about what you liked, what you didn't like. Like this show. Hit us up on Twitter. And until next time, folks, bear down. And thanks so much for bearing with us. Bye.